Yo, what's going on, everybody? Hope you are having a good week so far. Uh, I have a new record out uh, or a new EP out on Denson Peaker's Needed Pains. I would love it if you could go check it out. Thank you so much. That is the end of me plugging and promoting my own music. <laughs> um, on the podcast today is a really, really good one. Um, I know I say that all the time, but this was a really nice conversation. It's, it's Monday here in the UK. Um, the sun is shining. I wasn't feeling too great before this podcast started, but after this podcast, I am smiling. LP, Giobi, Giobi. I'm so sorry if I messed that that up. Um, but I have, she's been on my radar for probably eight months. Uh, I've been following her on Instagram, listening to some of her music. And one of my really good friends, Born Dirty, kind of put me, put her on my radar. And she is just an amazing human being, um, killing it on like the whole live stream side of things. And I'm seeing her name pop up on like every festival that's kind of being announced and her music's doing really well on Spotify and all the download sites. And she also runs this um, kind of foundation called Femme House, which is to promote females in house music and electronic dance music. And I think it's a really, really important kind of cause. Um, so I got her on the podcast and we had a great conversation. She is just like an amazing person. So without further ado, LP. And we're live and I had to like just stop you because we just started talking about your name and talking <laughs> about how people pronounce it. So you were saying that Pete Tong kind of mentioned. So Tong, he said my name, he said my name so far, a total of three times on the radio. I know exactly when and how many times. <laughs> um, and the first time he said it right. And I freaked out. I emailed him like, oh my gosh, this is the first time I've heard my name on the radio. This is so cool. You said it right. I can't even believe it. And then he never said it right again. <laughs> so I think I jinxed it. But I remember, so when I, I took, so GOB is my mom's maiden name. Yeah. And it is also my middle name. But I remember going to my mom and telling her, like, Mom, I'm going to I'm going to use your name as my stage name. And um, I'm going to like it's my way of like reclaiming the matriarch, you know. <laughs> and she said and I thought she'd be like, hell yeah. And she looked at me and she goes, yeah, I think that's a horrible idea. And I was like, what? And she's like, nobody is going to pronounce it right. Like, trust me. This is just it's going to go. It's going to be really hard for you. And turns out she was totally right. Yeah. Not a single. And I have even tried like. Because it's G-O-B is, you know, yeah. essentially. So I'm like, what if I write out like G-O-B, but then people say gob. So, I mean, I've it's just, it is what it is. Well, I initially thought it was like L-P gobby. And I was like, no, surely not. <laughs> <laughs> surely not. Surely that poor girl hasn't had to go through that her whole life. Wait, I mean, what is it like to have the name Will Clark that truly nobody can mess up? People mess it up. How is that possible? <laughs> well, I think people mess it up when I say my name, Will Clark. And Americans sometimes oh don't understand the English accent. And I remember going to, I was playing in Atlanta at Tomorrow Land or Tomorrow World, I can't remember. Um, and I went to the artist liaison, you know, like you have to sign in and get your wristband and kind of do all of that. And I was like, my name's Will Clark. And she was like, what's your name? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> Will Clark. And she was like, World Cup? 
And I was like, uh, no, my name isn't World Cup. My name's Will Clark. And she was like, you're going to have to spell this out for me. <laughs> you are kidding me. Yeah. Hey, was that, maybe somebody had slipped her some, some party pills. Or no, I was playing was first. I was playing, this was like <laughs> my first ever festival in America. Um, Were you like, America's the worst if we can't figure out how to pronounce Will Clark? You're going like, to have to write wow. that out for me? Well, I kind of gathered it. So like years ago when I was, when I was young, I think I was like 20. I did my like first tour in America, but one of my best friends was studying at Chapel Hill. Um, mm-hmm. Where is Chapel Hill? North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Wait, isn't that where Michael Jordan played? I don't know. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I think that we're this is. I think we're the only two people on the planet that don't know. Don't that have answer, a clue. That's fantastic. We should probably Google that <laughs> <laughs> because everyone's going to hate Googling us. Googling it. Does did was it Michael Jordan? Michael, yeah, Michael Jordan. Jordan. Oh no, he played at. Oh, this is gonna be. Oh, this is my brother. If my brother ever listens to this, which he definitely won't. Thank God. At. Is gonna be so mortified. Where did he play? He played. Yeah, he played for North- three years in North Carolina. Oh no, oh, it's okay. probably. It was probably one of the but- other. UNC. <laughs> <laughs> this is so embarrassing. I don't know. Uh, did you watch the Bulls documentary that came out? Yeah, crazy. It was. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah, he's Anyways. he's an animal. Work ethic is like key. insane. Yeah. I love though that he obviously was like a producer, like had the final say of that, you know, documentary, because there's a lot of stuff about him that seems like his like gambling and like some weird shadiness yeah. that like hasn't come out. I feel like he's the only how has that not come out yet? You know, but good for him. It made him look. And I, and I also heard that he released that um, because lebron james was like kind of starting to like take over the throne you know and he was like whoa 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 let's make a doc let's put out this documentary and, and then i'm make, like you know what good for him and then make everyone realize that he was a beast because the thing yeah. is like now you kind of expect it right like we've seen all these amazing people kind of like let's say for instance like billy eilish right now she's like the michael jackson she's like the justin bieber but we've seen what they've we've seen those types of people throughout our childhood and and us growing up so like when somebody new comes on you're like okay it's just another like completely different and very different talent and everything like that but it's another version yeah 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 totally but i I don't know how this is connected but you know what this makes me think of and i've been thinking about this a lot and actually it's probably not at all connected but i've been thinking about the (laughs) i've been thinking about the okay you know the first person who broke the the record the world record for the fastest mile and then as soon as that happened like 10 people or what you know a bunch of people broke it right away and so it's like okay yeah and i think about this all the time once you think it's possible yeah it becomes possible you know yeah i it's like not really totally connected, but that's just popped into my head. No, I think it is because it's it's mindset, isn't it? Um, yeah. And yeah. I think also what people don't realize is that there's actually when you when you say you're running the fastest mile or you're doing something, so many other people can actually do it. They just don't know they can do it or they don't know it's a thing, right? I think about this all the time with my like. Uh, I had to believe that it was possible that I could like produce the music I wanted before. Like I, if I didn't think that it was going to be possible, I never would have tried it, you know? Mm. And it's actually, I always take it. Like I always am like, why did I think I could do that? Like looking now, knowing how much work it actually did take me. <laughs> if somebody had told me it would take you this much work, I never would have done it. 
Yeah. Like it's been essentially like five years of me like grinding, living in a studio, trying to like achieve. And I'm still not there, obviously, you know. But I'm like starting to see the light at least. Yeah. And I don't know if we ever arrive, no, but yeah. like if I, you have to believe that it's possible, or else I just don't. I don't think you can possibly put in the work it takes to actually make it possible. I totally agree, and I think, I think there's something about that that you. I don't know. I was at the beginning of lockdown. I haven't done like a single live stream throughout this whole the, like lockdown. I've refused to do all. what. Yeah, yeah. Oh, tell tell me about that. <laughs> well, I, m- me and my manager Ryan, we just were like, unless something really exciting is yeah. offered to us, I don't. First of all, I don't have decks in the in my place in the UK, so I'm like, well, that's a great excuse yeah. not to do it. <laughs> but also it's like i kind of want it to be exciting i want it to be like really interesting and rather than just me djing in my kitchen in my pants just like dude i'll tell you what but you've been killing it as well you've been doing loads you know what we're if i had been in your place in the beginning of the lockdown like your like position in dance music i probably too would have been like you know what awesome this is an opportunity for me to not you know, to do whatever else I want to do in my life or work yeah. on music or whatever. But for me, I, I sort of like, I kind of had to, yeah. you know, to keep like essentially trying to get my name out there and stuff. And to be honest, there are a lot of time, <clears throat> the pre-records for the live streams are pretty soul sucking. Like yeah. it's just you <laughs> and a tiny, literally you and a tiny camera. And you're yeah. like, this can't be, especially, you know, we're for dance music. Our job is to read a dance floor and <clears throat> It's that's not what you're doing anymore. And yeah, so it's acting. different. So what I had to I had it was it was pretty soul sucking for me at first, to be honest. Mm. And then I had to start sort of like reframe my mindset, which was okay, you know how the Beatles before they became like the Beatles. I love that you're comparing played... yourself to the Beatles. This is fucking amazing. <laughs> Where is this going? <laughs> somewhere i'm not comparing for the record i am not comparing myself to the no Beatles. i want you to i um, want you to <laughs> so me and john um okay so the um they played like at this like shitty like tiny dive bar every mm-hmm. single night for like whatever yeah. i don't know how long but you know that's like the folklore of the story mm-hmm. so i started like i was like okay this is my beatles moment like i'm actually not that great of a dj like i was touring a bit and i was kind of like going in different cities and like i sort of knew it was working i was like kind of doing similar stuff night after night yeah and so you can't on live streams because it's like the same people come back to see you yeah and so it, i just was like this is your you know i always tell myself like i'm gonna go practice dj and like i never really do because mm. like what does that even mean yeah and so this forced me to practice so what i started doing is like and i also forced me to like, entertain myself like if i'm getting bored then and i can't read anybody else's reaction like i have yeah, to be probably, yeah. doing this for myself right now yeah, so yeah. i started like making just like drum loops and finding acapellas and like sort of like i had three decks at that point and so i was like okay how can i like sort of do like some live remixing mm. stuff and that sort of started translating into like how I started my workflow in the studio, you know? Mm-hmm. So it turned out to be like the best thing that ever happened to me. Like I'm still, I'm still now I'm realizing like, okay, so this is how much I can evolve as a DJ. Yeah. Like I hope that I, in five years from now, I'm like twice, you know, as it just, I want to stand behind the decks and feel like this is a rocket ship. I can completely control and take wherever I want. Yeah, yeah. No, and I didn't, I didn't feel like that before. No, I, and I, I think you're right. Um, no, I know you're right. You have to, it, it actually goes back to what we were saying about Michael Jordan and about being a super, being like one of those superstars. It, you have to put the work in. 
and the work that you, you can't just like wake up one day and you've got it. No one, no one has that. Like even the best people, no one has that. It's so, and I, I truly think so. Like I moved down, like I started, I got into electronic music because uh, I'll, I'll tell you the story in a second, but essentially I was told like, Oh, you know, jazz, you, you know, you know, you know, music theory, like the electronic stuff will be easy. Like mm. if you, if you got, if you know how to like make yeah. music or play the piano, like everything else will be easy. And so I was like, Oh, okay, cool. And <laughs> so I thought that was true. <laughs> totally wasn't at all true for me and it took so much work, but like, I thought that it was possible. And so I kept doing the work and it took, I mean, it looking back now, I'm like, dang, so many nights of grinding. I can't even be, it's mm. crazy to, it's crazy to think I went through that. It's crazy to think I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. You know, I'm going to keep going through that. It is so much. I mean, maybe I just like am not as naturally gifted. But it no, is a ton of work. I, I think you're right. Like <laughs> you generally can actually play as well. Like you, you do have a huge advantage being able to play like. Okay. See, this is what people uh, do not do not play. <clears throat> like I can play, but. I'm going to be trying to play all day to like. Okay, so this is actually, this is so people who don't actually play always say this, and I disagree because I learned how to play, right? I learned music theory, and so I rely a lot on my um, head instead mm. of my ears. Yeah. And people who do not play use their ears so much better. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, in fact, I fell in love with dance music because I was studying jazz piano at, in college. Yeah. And like everything was completely. Um, theorized mm -hmm. like I knew exactly what chord changes to play you know over what progression and I knew what notes would fit into that and like yeah. everything was in my you know and like and you're being studied you're being graded for it and everything's mm -hmm. in my it's just and then I went to see Tornado Wallace in um a friend brought me to a Tornado Wallace show in this like tiny club in San Francisco and I was like truly I didn't I didn't know what a DJ I, I was in college and I did not know what a DJ was so we show up and I'm like why like there's one guy standing up there i'm like where is the music coming from yeah. like is there a secret band behind him <laughs> like i actually didn't understand tangibly like also how come the That's music so is good. so perfectly on time and then somebody was like no it's coming from his usb stick and i was like <laughs> what the fuck like truly my mind was blown and i just like i didn't even dance because i was so confused and i just stood there like staring at him like why are these people like they're watching this guy and like but i mean this was like a proper club so they weren't really watching they were just dancing and then my friend proceeded he was super high on acid and he proceeded to like break down dance music to me like like it's for your body it's not for your mind like you know it's like like kind of like tapping the the kick for me and then like then like putting in the hi-hat and it was like you know the hi-hat and the kick for like five minutes and then like a cowbell came in and everybody like lost their mind and so I was like whoa this is so what was so cool to me was that f this was like music that was not for your brain it was not to be like theorized you know mm. and I was like I've been doing it all wrong yeah. Like I need to learn how to. And so when I started making music, I would like, you know, try to like bring in some like jazz lines and like, and I remember uh, I would send my music to Tucker from Sophie Tucker and he mm. would be like, you need to say way less. Yeah. Like you're saying, it's like, what are you actually trying to say? Like trying to say as much as you can with like as few notes as you possibly can. And it was so hard for me to do less because I actually was just like kind of cover, I would just like play fast and impressive to cover things up. Like I wasn't actually, it wasn't impactful, you yeah. know? It took me years to like relearn how to make impactful music. No, I, I understand that. And I, I know people that have been in the same situation as you when writing music because they're like, just want to play and want to like fill the gaps. Yes, Whereas, the gaps. whereas, 
I think, especially in house music, it's not about filling the gap. It's actually having the more gaps, the better the record. Really. A thousand percent. Okay, <laughs> but, 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 I actually... If it's a good record, so- though, sorry to buy If It's got to be a good record. Oh, as yet, totally. <laughs> <laughs> a thousand percent. Uh, I, I've also been thinking a lot. So I've been, I've been, I'm in the process of like talking to a bunch of labels and trying to sort of figure out where my, where the home is going to be for my music, which feels like a completely overwhelming, stressful. I don't want to fuck this up, you know, kind of whatever. But in a lot of those conversations, what's with the overthinking? Like, what's with the overthinking? Yeah, it's just house music. It's truly, it's truly. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot help it. You should be in my brain in the morning. It's like the overthinking is I've been like trying to meditate and do things that I like think will help. And like, oh, it just makes more thoughts come into my head. <laughs> can I give you some advice? Because I yes. can totally, I can totally relate to this. And yes. I think the thing that helped me the most is start your own record label and, and have, and then you can Whoa. just put whatever the fuck you want out. And then releasing on other people's, there's no pressure about releasing on any, uh, any, anyone else's label because you can release music whenever you want on your own label. And with releasing on other people's record label, there's there's two a few good things about having records on other people's label. You get their fan base, you get their recognition, um, and you get their kind of distribution, right? Like their... Yeah, I guess it's their fan base. So you kind of have like a packaged fan base that are going to listen to your music. However, you're killing it. You don't need that. You can, you're building your own. Oh, shit. Shit, Will. <laughs> I, keep, <laughs> I keep going. It's, uh, I keep going back and forth on this. I'm like, yes, because but th- this is the problem with like growing, right? The bar mm. always moves. You know, like yeah, I thought like I if it. I could just get and then it's just and mm-hmm. so now I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, well, we'll partnering with like a bigger label. Like I don't want to become stagnant. I'm terrified of being like not having and I don't even know like what is my how my qualifying growth. It really needs to be a question that I answer, but um Well what's it what's yeah. what's what's your goal? What's what's the what's like one of the end goals? That's a great question too. Um well, so what I've what I've kind of been learning during lockdown, it's like I had I had all these like metrics of of success, you know, these yeah. goals I wanted to hit, and I've hit them, some of them, and I've thought, wow, <laughs> what I'm learning is that those don't really matter, and what fuels me as a human is playing to a dance floor, mm. and like there's nothing that makes me feel more alive, and makes even if it's a dance floor of like five people, honestly. And so not having that, like we were talking about this at the beginning before we started the podcast, but like I have felt so tired. Like I Mm. thought I'm not touring. I am, I have like, you know, I'm sleeping in my bed every night. Like I'm going to have so much energy during this time. And I actually feel completely drained. And I think it's because I'm not getting that, that specific feedback loop of like the reason that I get in the studio and work every day is for that moment. So I want to be able to do that as long as I can. Mm. So, so why why do you but need kind of, but so what's interesting to me though is like which i really am excited to talk to you about is like the difference between american and uk dance music yeah and some of these labels i'm talking to seem to have more reach overseas where i think that i 
I think I might want to, that's where I think I might want to be. You want to be in the UK? Well, I don't know necessarily in the UK, but I want like, okay. I, I, <laughs> I love I'm trying this. to think of how, 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 I don't want to like share anybody else's career because I respect I mean, anybody who's doing this. Like it is hard and it is impressive. And like, I respect. You're not shooting anyone's career. It's your, it's your own your own it's just opinions like playing and, these like one hour gigs you know in clubs in the u.s and it's like you do you know how to like get over play. that what's that do you know how to get over that how tell your agent that you don't ever want to play an hour show <laughs> i did it <laughs> you did do it and they're like okay yeah so what like what what is your how long do you play for when you like do you did you so say I, it needs to be at least two my last tour i did minimum of five i did open to close so my last tour was like an open to close tour and well you're kidding me <laughs> no but the the thing is is like i when when i first started touring in america because i, I was used to playing in the uk and europe where you play like minimum two three hours um and like when i used to live in ibiza so i was doing like 12 hour sets like all day just because that was my job it was like a residency so you're like in a bar on the sun on the beach and you're literally just playing all day and then you have like an hour off go shower do whatever you need to do eat and then go back and play for another six hours six seven hours so it's like i was always so used to playing for so long and then i would i i got when i signed to dirty bird um, I got signed to AM only, which is now Paradigm, uh, which is the agency. And then they were just like putting me out and I was only playing for an hour. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, I'm I'm not even getting into it. Like, I've like played, played <laughs> a few records and then I've got to go home <laughs> or watch everybody else. And I was like, and I just asked my agent and was like, what's this about? And he was like, I think it was just it came from the EDM culture in America that everyone was just playing an hour. (laughs) And I understand festivals, like there's still, festivals are tough to like play longer. You've got like Desert Hearts and you've got, I don't think even Dirty Bird gives you longer than an hour and a half. Yep, yeah. I think, what's Crossed gives you a bit longer. Um, That's where I first saw you, shout out. Was it? Yeah, and I was like, Dude, I hadn't heard. I also like hadn't. Tech House was like just sort of reaching my my, and I don't even know if that's what you call it. You do, but it was the first time I heard like bass, like the bass sounding like that yeah. was at your set, and I was like, and I truly which was one like, was what? that? Which set was that? When I was at, it, it was, was at nighttime um, or in the day. It must have maybe was it twenty twenty eighteen twenty eighteen yeah, and it was like there was like a lot of like green shrubbery yeah, behind yeah. you, and yeah, okay. So I went and who's your agent by the way? Uh, now is Cody and okay. Zach. Okay, because I, I think maybe like Latney Hughes who told who Lat- was the first person. Latney was okay, my so agent then. L- Latney was my, was the person standing next to me at the um, on acid breaking uh. down house music for me, <laughs> 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 which probably makes total sense. Yeah. he's like the first person introduced me. To, I actually the first time I played on decks were like at his house. Okay, anyways, um, <clears throat> so I remember watching you and being just like what is this (laughs) like so blown away you seemed like you had also i was kind of like i could see you from the side and you seemed like you had such full control over everything you were doing it was honestly it was one of the coolest sets i had seen thank you and how long did you play for at that set 
I think it was like an hour and a half, two hours. That was actually, it's really weird you say that. That's actually one of my favorite festival sets I've ever played. Like that. I could feel that. It was like, like everything, amazing. Like I remember immediately getting my phone, like who is this guy? Like what <laughs> is like, just like trying to figure out everything. Like I need to know every. It was, it was so, it was so inspiring. It's like, it just made me. Like rock and roll does this for me. It just makes me like rip off all your clothes and like get down on the floor, you know? Like your set did that too. Oh, I feel awkward now. I hate compliments. <laughs> <laughs> I no. love it. So do you feel like in order to play for longer though, you have to be in Europe? Like, I mean, that's the thing. No. Is like the US EDM. I, I you think don't? I, 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 I honestly don't even think in European festivals, unless they're like the straight up techno festivals, um, you're playing for longer. But in clubs... Like club sets, you should be playing for like two, three hours. Yeah. It's just, but just, just uh, who's your agent? Uh, Jonas at WME. Just tell Jonas. That's so weird. So my manager, Ryan, used to be um, at WME and Jonas and Ryan are like best mates. No way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, such a, the music industry is such a small, weird world. Just a bunch of incests. <laughs> it's just incestual. <laughs> because I, I have this like I guess I'm I'm just starting to oh and I really want to know your take on like what's happening with Tech House in the U.S. and like is it becoming EDM and like I'm so curious your take on all of that because I'm starting to like really dig into like you know the Seth Troxlers of the world and like the what is just so outside of the U.S. Mm. ethos and like I'm just trying to figure out like where do, what do I want to make and where do I fit in here it's it's, it's a really interesting conversation for me i think and this sounds like cliche as fuck but <laughs> i can't wait you don't <clears throat> you do to a certain extent have to fit in you do 100 percent. you have to, you have to kind of align with whoever you're on the same lineups with etc cetera, etc cetera. but you also don't at the same time if you if if your music is so good and you make, and you're amazing live, and you're just unforgivably amazing. You just, <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> you just then you don't have to. Then you in. don't have to, and <laughs> you're. It's, it takes so much time, but especially starting out. Like I'm nowhere near it, but starting out, mm, starting I think out. You're close. No, I'm not. I'm really not. Like I'm still a long way to where where we want to get to. But I think starting out is that really like i don't know what to compare it to but it's like you want to jump to the to the like what's cool at this moment in time or what that new thing that you find like that new sound that you find and you're like oh this is amazing i want to make music like this and then like the next week you're like oh my god drum and bass let's go there <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so that is a thousand percent yeah. my issue is that anytime I hear it, like it's happened with um, your, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it. So maybe you'll have to edit this. I don't know. But the it's stuff fine. that um, I heard Mika did a remix. Not. Oh, not yeah. Saying. You d can't say that. But yeah, I can't. Okay. <laughs> okay so when I heard that. No one knows like who Mika is. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I truly was like, I need to throw everything away that I've ever worked on and I need to start anew. And this is like, but like, it's almost, it's like, is there an audience for this? Like, who is that audience? Are these people in Europe? Like where, are, like who, you know, it's like you need to find an audience for the music you make or else you can't sustain yourself. But yeah. it's like, 
you need, I know you need to figure that out first and then find the people, mm. but it's, it's scary to like go completely experimental if you don't know there are going to be, be people on I, the other side. I think there's that, there's that balance, right? So that like project that you're talking about is, I'm sure you've talked to the person about that kind of and about yeah. why, yeah. like why they're doing that. Yeah. And I think there is, I think there kind of comes a time where you just are like, fuck it. Like, I love making this music and I actually don't care if anyone listens to it, but I would just want to make great music and eventually people will come around to doing it. I feel like the greatest people, you know, the people who have actually pushed the boundaries, that's how they've approached it. Mm -hmm. And I also do know that there have been moments where like I've made a track and like then I usually, I, I oftentimes like to work on something, bounce it and like go on a run and listen to it. And the, my most euphoric moments as an artist, besides being on a dance floor, have been like just me in my headphones on a run listening to something that I love. Mm. I'm like, this maybe is all worth it for this moment right here. Yeah. It's just, it's those, you know, those arrival moments are few and far between. And so I try to really appreciate them when they happen. But it does make me think if you just follow what, I mean, I know it's so cliche. If you, if you follow what you love, you know, the rest will kind of come together. But it's scary to go out there and sort of try to do something super weird when you don't know how, if you'll be able to like sustain yourself doing that. Yeah, because that, come, that comes a point when there's, that that's when the business starts talking, right? <sighs> a thousand percent. Like right now I'm kind of using, I'm playing, um, uh, I'm playing, a fa I'm, I'm not allowed to announce it yet, but I'm playing the sunrise slot at a, at a dream festival of mine in September. <laughs> and Am I on the same lineup? Is it in Tennessee? Oh no, it's not. No, uh, we were on the same lineup somewhere. In New I, I York. think that we, I, I kind of hope so. That would be so, oh my gosh. I can't wait. To, I just got so <laughs> excited. I can't wait to like be at a festival and like get to see people that like I've been like now like kind of connected to over the internet yeah. and just like get to hug you. And yeah. I'm just, ah, oh, I'm going to be so freaking good. out. Sorry, Anyways, I'm on. sort of, I'm playing this weird sunrise moment at a festival. It's like a little bit more jam bandy. And so I'm using this as like, I'm trying to write as much music as I can for this moment. And it's like mm. kind of my way to justify like, it's time well spent because like, I know at least I'll play it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as I go into this and as I start doing it, I'm, which was really inspired by that project I heard mm -hmm. that I'm, that shall not be mentioned yet. <laughs> um, it's been so awesome. Like, I mean, I know obviously playing, making like a dance floor heater that you can like rip out and people lose. I, obviously like, I mean, at your cross festival, uh, your yeah. cross set. I saw like how impactful that is. And like, I want to be able to do that, mm -hmm. but <clears throat> it's been so awesome making music for the, just like weird ass, just like actually with synthesizers and not plugins, yeah. you know, uh, like just like actually jamming on the piano and like not on a click. Like it just, the, the things that I feel like you don't know if they're going to work or not, just taking the time to do them. is just like, that is rewarding in and of itself. Yeah, and I think that's what not playing in clubs has allowed us to do. Totally. Like, okay, <laughs> totally. Which is such... So the fact that Bicep yeah. released their album, you know? And mm. did you know that it went to number one on the UK yeah, pop yeah. charts? Yeah. Like... The UK has this amazing thing, though. Like, 
this is the difference between UK and America. And I'm not too sure. I might be telling you how to suck eggs, so just tell me if I am. But, <laughs> like, our house, like, we have constantly house music in the top 40. And it might be commercial house music, but it's house music. So, like, See, that's, that's, the, that's the difference between America and the UK, is that, at, like, at, this is no disrespect to, like, what's in the charts at the moment. A lot of it is very like very far away from what i would want to listen to like one of my mates <laughs> yeah. a really good mate of mine is called joel Corey, <clears throat> who i'm not too sure if you oh heard wow of. yeah like he's yeah. wait didn't he just do that did he just put out that track with david getta the yeah. bed track yeah yeah um i got a bed but i'd rather i mean that's a, it's sketchy man it's sketchy <laughs> as fuck but like he's killing it like his record last year got <clears throat> the biggest dance record in the uk at like that of 2020 but that was it uh head to heart m and ek record oh my god that was him yeah 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 oh that record is fucking huge yeah so, but like that's that's our radio <laughs> our radio is that type of music so whoa the culture of house music is like I never really understood it when I came to America because it's all hip hop, right? Like not all, but a lot hip hop. A lot, a lot of it is hip. You go to a club and it's hip hop, like a, a generic yeah. club, and it's hip hop. You go yeah. to a generic yes. club in the UK and it's house. It's not good oh house. My God. Wow. It's not good house. It's probably a lot of it's going to be cheesy and really shit, but it's house. So the the whole bicep thing is. Well, first of all, Bicep are just on another level of themselves. Oh, but they, we have that culture. And we stole it from America, really. We just kind of, like, adopted it. Started, it like, started in Chicago, in, in see, New York, in Detroit. all the time. What the fuck happened? Because, like, we did start it. And now I feel like in order to really, like, understand good dance music, you have to go overseas. Um, I, 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 I hear what you're saying and I, this is or kind maybe, of, maybe I'm just like, maybe there's, you know, maybe in Chicago and Detroit and like, maybe there's still super awesome. I mean, I know there are still super awesome underground scenes, but what EDM has done in America has, uh, I, it's such an interesting I think there's some, thing. like, to be fair, I play more in America <laughs> than I do in the UK or Europe and I have some bloody great parties in america um come what's to your the favorite party you played in america <sighs> that's so hard i know i know my, my, it's not as hard though. my last my most favorite last year was okay. uh, it's tough because there's a lot but for for just pure club was red room in brooklyn it was just unreal whoa red room i don't even think i've heard of i've only played at elsewhere and like the Brooklyn Steel or something like that. Yeah, Red Brooklyn Room. Brooklyn Mirage is amazing as well. But Red. Oh Room, yeah, I played there. Yes, that place is so yeah, awesome. Amazing. But Red Room was just. It was the most. It's the most like. What you would class as what you would think is like a British, European kind of, just dark dingy room really. Um, but there's loads in America. It's just we're just like. It just depends on the type of music you play and the type of music you get booked for. See, and I'm going through this really weird 
I played my first live gig and my first show back, yeah. actually. Well, my first show um, a week ago. Where was that? Which, it was in Florida, of course. Woo! Uh, Florida! And, and it was actually, yes, it was kind of <laughs> like, a, ooh, it actually was kind of, I was told that it was at an outdoor venue. Oh, they lied it, to you. They, they absolutely, <laughs> outdoor venue, socially distanced, it was tr- truly not that. It's actually like kind of wild. And there terrible, was like, but. literally like dudes doing cocaine off girls' boobs <laughs> and everything. Actually, I, it, first of all, it's definitely inside and I definitely looked down and there's like a girl in the front just like, actually this like, she actually was railing a line off of the front rail. And I was like, this is, welcome back. Welcome to Florida, Florida baby. Florida, man. Uh, and I love Florida. it was, it was kind of because since the pandemic, I've sort of been able to experiment more. I've been able to play longer sets, obviously streaming. I've been able to like, and also, like, obviously there's no dance floor in front of me. And so, like, I don't feel like, I don't feel the need to, like, bang or bang or bang or bang. Mm. You know, like, I can just, like, play music and make it more of a journey. And, like, I've really been enjoying that. And then the show back, I was like, whoa. It, you know, I had a, I literally had 55-minute set. Mm. And I felt so, like, the whole time I felt, like, all this pressure to, like, keep them just, like, going insane, you know? And, like, it was just, like, uh. And it just really made me go, whoa, okay. I think I've grown a lot during this pandemic and I don't like, I'm trying to now refigure out where are there spots in America that I can like be weirder at? Like what are the underground? I'm just sort of reassessing. Okay. Where do I actually fit in? Where do I want to fit in? I think that's it. It's what, it's what do you want? Yeah. It's where do you want? And that's fine. Right. Like I, I feel like your perception. Do you think you could do both? maybe fuck it why not (laughs) but what but i don't i think you do two things so you have like your festival thing yeah and then you have your club thing oh totally and i think i just need to spend more time developing the club thing and like you know meeting the right promoters and the right parties and like just tell Jonas. just tell just tell him just call him (laughs) after this and be like just talk to will (laughs) I'll, I'll call my man. I call Ryan as well and be like, "Mate, you got to call Jonas." <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and they they are really. I mean, this was crazy. The very first conversation I had with Jonas, he's like, he's like, "Who do you want to be?" And I was like, "I kind of want to." This is the thing, and I don't know if it's possible. Like, I want to be like somewhere. I want to be able to be like in Seth Troxler's lane and also in like MK's lane. Like, is that possible? And in the, <laughs> he was like, "Okay." In the call, <laughs> as we're. <laughs> I want the best of all the worlds. Yeah. And he was like, uh, he like immediately put me on text with Seth. And we started like, I just called him Seth. Hilarious. Seth Troxler. And we like, we started going back and forth and sharing some music and whatever, which was like insane. And then he, he also immediately like put me in touch with MK's team. And I'm just like, are you, you're the man. I was like, you're kind of, this is crazy. So I, I think I'm just sort of trying to figure out like where do, you know, and I hope I'm hoping it will just like work. It's it's a, it's a journey. I'm really working on enjoying the process of the journey instead of like focused on the arrival, which is like my lifelong issue and battle. I I but can relate to that. You can. Oh, one hundred percent. One hundred. Like my life. I literally was training with a, with one of my mates this morning, and not that we're supposed to be training. So, <laughs> hey, I'm not supposed to be playing hey. gigs. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, I was like, just I just can't. I just struggling to like enjoy we were talking about the process of getting somewhere and that process of like the journey and and enjoying the journey and accepting when you've done something well like and sit back yeah I've, I've done well that's done that's done good and to be fair that cross set is probably one of the only sets 
that I've actually come off stage and been like, fucking smashed it. (laughs) (laughs) You are kidding me. That is okay. So there's that just did a few things for me. It free because like I've there's been very few sets I've come off stage and felt like yeah you know like mm. I'm I had my skills are where they want where I want them to be I felt like I could I had like control up there I felt that's ha- that doesn't happen for me very much and I thought it's actually super reassuring to hear that from you who like I look up to so much yeah but I, I <laughs> so think speak, speak to everyone speak speak to like I don't know Seth but speak to Seth speak to Mika like ask everyone like. Tiga has like a really good podcast as well. Oh, I listened to it. But listen to mine beforehand, clearly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I remember, I can't remember who he's talking to. Um, and they were, he was say, they were saying like, how many sets do you like compared to you, you're not happy with? Wait, I, I listened to this one. I listened to this one. Yeah. He was talking to somebody who, it, it wasn't like a, it was like a bicep or something. It was like four. No, it wasn't Fortet. Was it Fortet? I don't know. And but I remember that, and I remember them saying, "Not yeah, way less than like the ones they did feel great about." They prefer like they like five percent of their sets. That like yeah. And and if you think about it, okay, let's let's take <laughs> let's take the fact that our our lives are amazing and our jobs are amazing and we're doing everything we <laughs> yeah. want to do, but we're all massive control freaks. <laughs> You know what? You know what I was thinking right before I stepped on my last the the first gig I played. I remember like there's like all this adrenaline and like excitement and anxiety and like you know like wanting it to be what it, as good as it can be in my head and and I remember thinking, am I insane for yes. wanting to do this for a living? Yeah, it's 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 insanity because you just <laughs> just we I can only speak for myself, but from experience from talking to friends. Like, <laughs> I remember playing Spash House with uh, MK and Walker and Royce. And I think Fish was there. L- loads of people were there. And, <laughs> <It's a lineup. laughs> and I was just like, I honestly, it was my least favorite set I've played, like, ever. Like, probably to the point where I, I wanted to quit music. Like, ask Vanessa, <laughs> ask Vanessa and ask Gav from Walk and Royce. Like, I was literally like the most depressed person after that set. I was like, this is just fucking bunch of frat boys that don't want to listen to music. Like, no one enjoyed my set. It was boring. Like, blah, 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 blah. And that was just me kind of projecting, like, yeah, I just felt shit about it. But that's totally fine. Like, not everybody that works a nine-to-five job is not going to love their day, their job that's every day. That's so true. Like, that's so true. Like, I, Splash House was in... This is no disrespect. Like, I love that Splash House guys that run it and the girls. But, like, it's like a million degrees heat. Like, in the <laughs> it summer, is- it's fucking awful. It's just a load of sweaty dudes, like jumping about and i'm like this is i'm probably never gonna get booked there again from saying this but fuck it <laughs> that is so dude i played i remember that's so funny because i see <clears throat> during the pandemic i told myself i was gonna work on what, what i really have been working on I haven't totally arrived yet but what i'm working on is separate um uh, trying to find internal self-worth and validation from myself instead mm-hmm. of outside sources mm-hmm. 
because I think that like needing the outward validation will just, especially in the industry that we're in and what doing what we do is uh, scary. And um, anyways, I really, I really decided that I needed that. <laughs> and like, I, like had to go to therapy and work on this after I played a set in um, same parts. And where's that? It's in the Caribbean. Okay. Oh my God, this is embarrassing. St. Bart's is, <laughs> I think it's <laughs> somewhere there. It's fine. <laughs> it's on some island. Yeah. I'm a directionally challenged. So, <laughs> um, anyways, and it was like a really cool, like I should have played cooler music, you know, and I, I did like, I didn't. And I remember finishing that set and I'm like, it was the most unbelievable setting. It was so beautiful. And I finished that set and I like needed to, and, and the promoters were like, literally anything you want, like all the booze, like all the food, just you like trolley rolled out the red carpet. And I had to go straight home and go into bed and journal because I was like, <laughs> that was the worst I've ever played. And like, I hate like, and how like I couldn't even, and my partner was with me and he was like, dude, let's go have fun. I was like, I like, I'm. I spent so much time working on this and I can't, I'm bad at it. And like, what am I doing in my life? And like having like a total fucking breakdown and crisis. And he was like, whoa, if this is what this job is going to do to you, like, I don't like, <laughs> you need to figure this out. <laughs> and it's so, I just can't believe how I just, I couldn't, you want it to be so good. You know, you work yeah. so hard at this and you want it to be so good. And you want to like have people enjoy it and it's just like truly the worst when you're like this is going horribly <laughs> well i think i think it's when for me it's like when you have like it's outside factors external factors that that kind of control your yeah you're right control your emotional where it's like for me releasing music i had like a really long conversation with justin jay on the last podcast and like talking about how releasing music for me during lockdown has like not become fun and then because you're like literally just looking at numbers there's no like there's no ways to see if people are liking liking your music by seeing your your like peers play it in clubs or seeing people enjoy it in a club if you know what i mean yeah. so it's just like yeah. oh fuck spotify didn't playlist it so it's gonna do shit or apple didn't playlist it or radio That's one didn't true. play it yeah um yeah but so real i i it, you're right when it's out of our control or when it's out of my control i like to be the 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 big man and say i've released some music it's not my song anymore it's the public's but inside i'm like dying <laughs> like i'm depressed for a fucking a good two weeks <laughs> after releasing music <laughs> because I, to I totally am like you know like in interviews i'm like you know once it's out in the world it's like not for me anymore it's for other people to take what they need from it and like it's you know you let it go and no but of course you care right. of course you want people to receive it but but also a lot of that is outside of our control like spotify deciding to playlist or not like how much power they have is terrifying <laughs> and like not healthy honestly and i i mean they've been so supportive i am so grateful for them but like it is a weird i mean there do you, there was a time when spotify didn't exist you know like it's yeah, crazy but what existed before Spotify? There's always somebody holding that I power. Know. There's I always know. and I know. and so see that's the thing. It's like we have to. I have to find a place of like. It has to be enough for me, you know. Yeah. It has to be enough for me from me. I need to give myself like my own love and validation, and that is a. Oh, it's a journey. It's like it's hard. I think it's just the whole journey of being 
without sounding like a dick, like like <laughs> being an artist. Because <laughs> it sounds so horrible and that like sounds so pretentious. I love it, but it's I honestly no. I think I'm gonna take it one step further. I'm gonna ante up here. I've never gambled or done poker. I don't know if that's the right term, but I don't know me neither. I think it's it's the journey of being a human. Yeah. Like, I think that, I think that in what we do, it's like, um, like, uh, uh, sources of validation, whatever are like way more in our face, you know, for sure. But, um, I, 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 think, I think, yeah, go on. But sorry. to be a happy human, I think that we all have to work on, you know, making sure that our sources of happiness come from the right place for, from a place that we, that we, you know, can nurture and control ourselves. 100%. Um, I think I think it's it's that codependency, right? It's not have it's not having a codependent relationship on like certain things. We we've all like I can only speak for myself, but let's speak for the whole of the fucking world. Everyone's had some sort of codependent relationship in something, whether that's whatever. I can write a book on it. Yes, exactly. Sir. Yeah, and and I think that is part of it, right? You're just kind of trying to it's we're just fucking so egotistical i am anyway oh and you have to be to be like i'm yeah, <laughs> totally anybody who's an artist is like no no ego there's no i'm sorry you have to have a little in order to pursue it professionally at least you know and that's okay it's not a bad thing it's just making sure that we're aware of it and check with it and also isn't your mom a therapist yeah <laughs> how do you know Which this I feel like gives you leg up <laughs> on all of this uh do you ever talk to her about uh, about this stuff yeah i've had 30 30 years of my life about talking about this <laughs> still hasn't worked Dude, what a massive come up because i'll tell you what over this pandemic i have spent a small fortune on therapy and uh, mika told me that your mom is a therapist and i was like truly what i would give to have that sort of free advice in my back you know phone call you away. should have hit me up i could have hooked you up <laughs> mates race I heard she's very good that's that's really mates cool race. That's um yeah i've been really to be fair i've been super lucky with my upbringing like it's massively helped me um but also it it i don't know we all still have like we all still have to work like i can know all of it but I still have to put it in practice and that's not up to any, that's up to me. Like you could uh. spend all the money. Like let's say, for instance, let's, let's say for instance, this is going back to writing music. You could, you could have everything. You could have the best agent. You could have the best manager. You could have the best team around you, but you still got to write the music. It's so real. <laughs> that's actually such a good analogy. Yeah. It's so real. I know she's, and actually the last, my last therapy session, she literally said to me, what a drag. She literally read me so hard. She said, so it seems like you're complete. You're actually the most self-aware client I think I've ever had, but you're not really making any changes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like noted. Yeah. It's, it's true. true. You Like I, I'm massively, I was very bad for it, but I think you, I think for me it just got to a point where you're like when you get to that such an unhappy place where you're like I can't let this happen again yeah in certain situations if you know what I mean and totally and then sometimes you go the opposite way and you go too far (laughs) and then you're like okay I need to get a balance here um okay so swing the pendulum is what I call that and that is actually my life I'll you know I'm like in order to like 
try to end up in the middle I am like, well, maybe if I swing it all the way other, the other way, it will like eventually rock back here. I, I'm always, I'm so, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to eat any processed food or any sugar, <laughs> period, you know? And then I'll only, eat. it's just like, oh, the balance is. Oh, it's so bad. Okay. It's... So I do these morning pages every morning. Have you read The Artist's Way? No. What's this? Okay. I hate reading. This book. Oh, really? Yeah, I hate reading. <laughs> do you do podcasts or, yeah. or I mean, a book on tape, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Book on tape? Come on. We're fucking in 2020. iBooks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> book on tape. Let me get my cassette player out and fucking plug it in. <laughs> okay, the best part about this is that I have never even... I always call it book on tape. And I've never thought twice about that. And also, I cannot... It's probably because I can't do book on tape because I'm like, I can't process information that way, mm. which is weird because audio, you'd think you could. But anyways, okay, maybe you should do it iBook or whatever you're talking, this fancy iBook thing you're talking about. Um, okay, it's called The Artist's Way. And it, um, I mean, I've read, true. I've actually read every self-help book under the sun. Doesn't truly, work, does it? without a doubt. Every single one of them, I'm like, okay, this is going to be the answer to all of my problems. And then I read The Artist's Way, and actually, it did change my life. Really? But only because it's a 12-week it's a program, and I actually, like, did I did it. Like, you you read a chapter, you know, every Sunday, and then you do, like, this mm -hmm. whole work, like, 15 questions. Okay. It takes hours and hours. Um, and I also think, though, it, was, it came to, into my life at the right time, which I think that, like, this book spiritually honestly does that for people. I, I always have, like, four copies at my house because if I hear somebody mention anything, whatever, I, I just, I just <laughs> boom, here you go. This is, like, this might change your life. Maybe it won't. Maybe it will, but you might as well try it. And, uh, but anyways, one of the things, one of the tools is, like, the second you wake up in the morning, three pages, a stream of consciousness. Mm. And then you end the, the three pages with a paragraph of, affirmations oh, i can't do them <laughs> can't do them wait affirmations are the best they're not they're so cringe i can't do it so my parents they own a drug and alcohol rehab and they have this like aff affirmations are like all to put part of the therapy side of it and they have like this affirmations tree where like the client has to like write an affirmation down and put it on the tree the, the rehab's called somewhere the, the rehab's called somewhere house and the, their logo is like a tree so they got like a tree and they put it on the tree and i'm like this is so cringe i can't fucking deal with it okay it's definitely cringe but i also think it definitely works <laughs> ask your mom um and okay so like i will so like as father is talking about the extremes so like my when i first started pursuing music my affirmations were <laughs> you obviously are you feel like a safe space to me because i'm sharing the most ridiculous <laughs> embarrassing stuff ever but the affirmations were you you are an unstoppable force you are an unstoppable force over and over and over and you are the piano house queen <laughs> you are the piano house queen and so my affirmations were only like the things you want to be mm. you know and then um, I got to a place where I was working like 20 hours a day legitimately mm. and had no life. And so now my affirmations are like, you are a balanced person. <laughs> you, you enjoy, you know, being with yourself and like, just they're like, they're so absurdly now the other way. I'm like, where, what affirmations will give you a little bit more balance? <laughs> I, I love, I love that. Though, but that like, that goes back to like what we were talking about right at the beginning about how much work you have to put in to get to where you want to get to. 
dude it is insane you've got a lot of shit going on as well you've got your artist project you've got femme house you've got animal talk and you do you still do the w hotel stuff well, so, uh, yeah, yes. Um, luckily, I mean, luckily, not luckily. That was a horrible thing to say. Uh, <laughs> take that back. Uh, because of the, <laughs> luckily, Jesus, because of the pandemic, um, we were furloughed for a while. Yeah. And so I was able to just make music, which is actually why I think I started making good music, yeah. you know. So there's probably a learning lesson somewhere in there. That being said, it's starting to come back. And um, I'm actually like helping with like their overarching global yeah. programming That's also. Cool. So, yeah, it totally. I, I, I also, I, I mean, this is just how my brain works. Like something's going really well. I'm like, well, let me break it apart. But sometimes I wonder like being a, would it be better to be a master of one, you know, instead of like, what is it? Jack of all trades, whatever the Jack, Jack of all, all trades, trades saying is. Master, yeah. master of none. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I just said master of one. <laughs> okay, so my thing is that like I, any sort of phrase or like saying, I always mm. say it wrong. You'll, you'll probably well, So it just anyways. fits into what you want in, in, into your life. So it's like, you were like master of one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I wonder, like, sometimes I'm like, Oh, do you like, do you need to, fo- in order to be the best at something, do you have to focus on one thing? I mean, like all the things I do obviously feed the same ecosystem mm. and like, it keeps me interested. And I, I like femme house is probably the thing I care the most about. So like, mm-hmm. I'm never going to not do that, but it's a full, I mean, the, the, that nonprofit in of itself, it's like a full blown, it's, well, it's a full-time job yeah, in and of yeah. itself. It's yeah. crazy. The programming and like, just like, you know, funding and, uh, relationships with donors and like all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm that goes into keeping it alive is intense, but also fuels me a ton. But yeah, I just wonder, what is your take on that? Cause I had a really interesting conversation with Pete Tong about this, you know, cause he does, I mean, he does a ton of stuff when yeah. he broke down for me, everything he does. I'm like, what? and he, he actually said he oftentimes does wonder this too. Like, could he have been a better, you know, producer or DJ if he had just done that? Mm. It's tough. Cause I'm, I'm much more in that realm of doing lots of things. Um, I think just got, you just got to do what feels right. I know. I said at the end of the day, I'm like, the thing is, why am I even questioning this? Cause like, I know I'm not going to do it any differently. Like yeah. this is what I enjoy doing, but I still, I'm like, mm, sometimes I, <clears throat> I think, it, I think as, as long as you do while, whilst you're doing the thing you're working on, you do it to the best of your abilities. Yeah. Right. So it's like, that's, like the podcast for me is like the reason why I started the podcast. I used to have a radio show, like did it for like four years, got bored of it. It was just not for me. And I just started a radio show and it is a lot of work. And I just don't like doing mixes when I <laughs> don't want to. And in the radio show, I did like an interview series and that was my favorite part. Just talking to people. Same. And then I was like, okay, well, let's just do a podcast. So I quit the radio show and then lockdown happened. As I was just about to start the podcast, I was like, sweet, it's kind of perfect. But also for me, the the podcast is during lockdown, selfishly, it's been amazing because I never get to speak to people for this long. Like I would never have sat down with you unless we were in, like we would never have. Like everybody I've spoken to, apart from Mika and maybe a couple of other people who I'm really close friends with that, when we're together, we literally just sit and talk. Like there's very rarely we get to talk for an hour straight, two hours, yeah. however long. 
with no distractions. No one's looking at their phones. No one's got anyone talking with them. No one's worrying about emails. No one's talking about whatever they did last night. Like it, it's literally a straight up conversation that you just don't have. And selfishly so with that, with that, the podcast, it's kind of helped me in like life, just generally having great conversations. So sometimes See? I'm like, I can't be bothered to do the podcast. But then once I've done the podcast and like put everything into it, I'm like, this is fucking worth it. Dude, this is what I call the stuff of life. Sophie from Sophie Tucker and I always say this, like we'll text each other with like something happens that is the stuff of life. And oftentimes my natural tendency is to be like, I don't have time for this. I don't have time mm -hmm. for this. Like I need to work on it. But like, actually, if I let myself have time for this, yeah. this is the stuff that like, this is truly the reason that I do everything else I do. So if you don't let yourself do this thing, which is sit down, have a conversation, that's a, such a simple thing. But I, I was uh, listening to a podcast by an efficiency expert. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. And um, essentially he like the, the main takeaway was whatever you're doing, turn off all the notifications yeah. and just focus on that. Even if it's, if you can just focus on like doing your emails for one hour with absolutely nothing else, you will get through that. Yeah, the easy. problem is if you just sit down and like work on a track in the studio and turn off all the notifications and just do that, you don't need to do it for that long. Mm -hmm. The problem is like the distract. And so right now I did naturally put away my phone. We're like, as if when I'm in the studio, I don't do that, yeah. which is and this is, I think that's, I mean, it's enjoyable because A, it's you and this is a lovely conversation, yeah, but yeah. also because I'm doing one thing and I'm enjoying it and I'm in the moment and I'm present. I, I think, yeah, you're right. When I'm writing though, I do have to have distractions to a certain extent. Ooh, interesting. Tell me about that. Yeah, I, I go in and out. I can't, unless I've got like, when I'm in, when I've written, starting to write something and I'm in it, like nothing will distract me even if it happens. So even if there are distractions so i'm just like fully into it however it takes me a while to like try and get i need something to be like oh do this okay, or so it's my inspiration like when I'm showering i have an idea come into my head like yeah. when you're like on a walk and you're doing kind of something else that's when like things are percolating or whatever is it yeah. kind of like that kind of but like say for instance today like i went i like i really like billy eilish we spoke about this earlier and I always just try and do like edits of her records. And there's a record I've done like two in the past and there's a record that I really want to do that's, and I just can't do it. So I sat in front of the studio today with the record in front of me and I was like trying to do stuff and I'm just like, this is just not happening. And then I was just getting, I, that's when I just get distracted and then I start another idea and then I get distracted again. And I'm like, this today's just not happening because the distractions were overtaking the studio. But that just means that I just wasn't in the right headspace. Like last yeah. week, I wrote like three records, like all like sound amazing. And I still got, distra I still got distracted through it, but because I was really enjoying what I was writing in the studio, then like you know I just, it just flows. Um, and are you able to not beat yourself like the day, like the days that it's just not happening? Are you able to be like, fuck okay, cool. no, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> are you going to say, can I, can I sit back and be like, today was a shit day. Let's roll with yeah, it. No, totally. No, I'll be depressed <laughs> even tonight. Though, even though, you know, if you had enough trust, you would know on the other side that you would definitely be able to, you know, uh, you know that you're going to get those records out. Like, mm. you know, it will happen when it's supposed to be yet. Yet. It's so hard to just like, let that ha let that be. Oh man. Yeah, I'll be depressed tonight. 
I'm like, so real. I, I'm so glad. Like, I, I haven't really been in a like a full blown relationship for the whole of my career. Like, 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 kind Ooh, of successful. I could talk career. about this forever. So, so I'm like, I, I'm genuinely happy for any female that, that could have been with me that is not because <laughs> their life would be fucking dull every evening that I don't write a record. <laughs> oh my God. I could talk about this for, so I've been with the same person since like before I like pursued art, you know, yeah. or what whatever is, what, his career what is. What do they do? He do, she do? He, um, he's in the music industry. Oh, cool. I, um, he started a music festival Dope. and then sold it to MTV Viacom and now is, vice president of mtv which is hilarious that's amazing he's like not a suit at all but he has to be one kind of um but he's seen but also like he's more just like an entrepreneur and he happened to like be in the music space like i think he's he's going like real estate now i'm sure he's Mm going to do other things later and uh the nights that like the studio is a good day we have an amazing relationship and the nights where the studio is a bad day we have and he's like honestly this (laughs) your emotions are like so big in our relationship there isn't space for mine yeah. and it's not fair and i'm like yeah that's it's rough it's it is rough. rough it's honestly like I, I think all the time like man that that man who's just like hung on you know and he's just like <laughs> it is it is really i mean i need to work on that and like put it in check because it, it uh, and like i think that comes back to like intern like you know am i am i enough for myself am i okay mm. with who i am and regardless of like my career what happens or what output i you know it's, it's not about the output and I, I'm so focused on the output. Yeah. It's oh, tough. Is such a... Have, have you seen the Defiant ones? The one with Dre and Jimmy Ugly? I love that. Same. I've like watched that about a million times. Okay, so that actually, but that documentary, that actually messed me up because I watched it and I was like, see, my takeaway was if you want to be the best, you have to be a workaholic who can't have a relationship. You, yeah, you do. But I, th- I feel like you, you can't... No, I I feel like you can't have a. <laughs> that's just me being a dick. But I feel like you can actually have a relationship. And I think if your relationship is like really healthy and and I think you can because uh, a part it was right at the end when I think they just like been to like an award ceremony or something like that, and Dre was on in the car with his family and or like on the phone to his wife but had his daughter next to him and was like i'm gonna go to the studio and it was like 10 o'clock 12 o'clock at night or something like that and i'm like that's you need that understanding in the family in in your relationships to be like okay but as as a person i feel like you also have to be able to not be selfish as well and understand that in a relationship there's two people but I haven't worked that out. <laughs> Dude, honestly, like, okay, so last night he said to me, oh man, <laughs> this is so personal, but he was like, I, I'm actually, and like, he was trying to like tell me something to help, you know, to be, he was being awesome, but it made me feel fucking awful, which was, I know I will always come second, but I'm okay with that. I will always come second to your music, you know? I know. And I was just like, He's like, but I'm okay with that. Your love is like strong and beautiful. And like, that's, I'm at peace with that. And I know that that's what it will take to be with you. And I'm just like, you've got a good one there. I totally, I have the, totally, which actually makes it harder. Cause I'm like, that is, and, and in reverse, this is how fucking crazy I am. I wouldn't be okay with that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But 
Is that okay? This is some. This is some like dark shit. Reverse psychology. Is that <laughs> him? Is that him turning around and saying that his work goes before you as well? No, I, I, I honestly would make it maybe make my life easier. But he's like, he's such a, he's actually. And I will never forget this. The moment that the very first time he sat down next to me, we've been together for nine years. It's good going. The very, what's that? That's good going. It's honestly a goddamn miracle. But the first time he sat down next to me, I remember thinking, oh, like I had just gone out of a relationship with, with uh, the first love of my life and he was an alcoholic and like it was an intense experience. And, and this man sat down next to me and I remember immediately being like, this is a healthy, unjaded human who could actually love from a place of strength. Yeah. Like, I knew that the second I met him. And that's just who he is. And I that's was attracted amazing. to that because I don't know if I always do. I don't think I always love from a place of strength. Sometimes I love from a place of, of fear or insecurity, you know? Mm. And it, it, it's it been a trip to watch how he can do that. <laughs> yeah, I think it takes somebody that's, like, fully understands who they are as a person yeah fully of, comfortable in their skin yeah. fully okay with like because when i am in the street he doesn't see it like he doesn't he doesn't see it like this means that you don't love me you you love your you know this 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 oh yeah okay he doesn't take it like there's something wrong like you you don't like me as much or something wrong with me and that's why you'd rather be doing something mm -hmm. else yeah, no yeah. he's like i know i'm awesome i know i'm great you yeah. just like want to go do music and that would be i don't know if i could do that uh, it's tough because I I guess like when you're kind of talking about relationships for me it's like you're what I aspire to have around me is like somebody that just does their own thing and like I'm I don't yeah. need any attention like I could be with somebody and like not see them for months and have like as long as everyone's happy and like going good <laughs> oh I'm like cool <laughs> I feel okay wow but see my it, I mean I'm insane you know like I can't give him everything but I also need everything in return of course you so do <laughs> so completely unfair <laughs> but if you I feel like you can find that arrangement do you do you want to be in a relationship or are you like you know what I'm great with where I'm at I'm cool with where I'm at like you it, you go go through like phases right like of I don't know it's kind of a weird subject for me because I've, I've don't get me wrong, I've dated people for like over the last seven years, but I've been single for pretty much seven years, so it's kind of like, yeah, it's weird. God, I'm so curious to meet the girl that, or are you? I'm is straight. it women that you're into? Yeah, yeah. yeah. To meet the to meet the woman. I love that. that like are. everyone gets a bit nervous now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we live in this like day where like you can't say the wrong thing <laughs> i actually really did appreciate that you asked like oh or got you know when you you asked like to the like gender yeah, yeah. or whatever i thought that was cool that's right um, I, I don't like dicks it's fine <laughs> <laughs> it is a we're entering a new era which is awesome and it's an adjustment but we'll figure it out um it, it's yeah, it's, excited, it's going through an adjustment that, it's like yeah, it's totally. an adjustment that like gotta give a little bit and take a little bit but we're not there yet but it's yeah, we're doing there. the pendulum thing yeah, right now yeah, for yeah. sure. We're like maybe like a little bit overcorrecting to, you know, but well, I think that it'll hopefully become like a normal. Like even I had this conversation with my partner the other day. Um, I remember the first time I was asked, what's your personal pronoun? Like I didn't even 
no. So I was I studied um, female sexuality at UC Berkeley. I was a facilitator for this uh, for this course, and we had to go the, when I was the first time I took the course. The very you sit in a circle, and the very first thing they say is say your name and your personal pronoun. And I was you know 18 years old at this point, just come from Eugene, Oregon, and I was like. <laughs> And like, I was like, you could have your phone out. I was like, I was like trying to Google it on the side. Luckily, I didn't have to go first. I was like, please don't have me go first. And so I figured out what a personal pronoun was. You know, when I got to me, I was like, Leah, she, her. Whew. But like, even just being asked that expanded my concept of myself. Like, oh, wait, I have a, you're, you're telling me I have a choice in saying which mm. is my personal pronoun? Like, I had never thought about that. And anyways, I was 18 the first time I interacted with that. And I was just talking to my partner about this. And he, I asked him like, hey, what is your personal pronoun? Just because, like, I figured nobody had ever asked him. And he was like, what? <laughs> I like your partner. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, nah, not here, not today. Yeah. I was like, okay, maybe some other time. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm like, and I, I have to be careful with what I say because. I love this. I love your energy right now. Because it's like, <laughs> we're like. We, I was literally talking to a friend on Instagram just be right before this conversation and I was talking to her and was like, I love your Instagram because you can, you're putting memes and stuff out there that I wish I could post, but, but I can't. Yeah. And it's not because I, it's not because it's like super controversial or anything like that. It's just a fucking laugh. It's just having yeah. fun and like picking on certain situations and i it just can't because <laughs> because because it's, totally. it's it's just that like you're just ready to be taken down by the totally by the oh my god totally ready and again like i obviously i do believe that we've i just think like an an overcorrection has to happen but i think we'll land in a place where more people are educated and we can actually be have real conversations without being terrified we're just we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah, I just, I just realistically, all I want for the world is to, for people to be happy and fucking be nice to each other. Yeah. That's all yeah. I want. I don't like if, <laughs> if, if somebody tells me they're like some, whatever pronoun they are, whatever gender they want to feel like they are. I, I'm, if we want to talk genders, like, I'm pretty science based on this. If I'm honest with you. Yeah, but like, your sex is science based true but your gender is a social construct <sighs> but there's people out there that will, that will argue differently there <laughs> okay fair like I agree to disagree yeah no 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 i i i totally agree with you i i don't disagree with with what you're yeah. with what you're saying um but i just think just let people do what they want to do but but yeah. also if you are one thing if if you if if you're something then allow others to do whatever they want to do as well yeah. you can't push your yeah, totally. beliefs on somebody it's like people preaching like f shut the fuck up yeah. i don't care like as yeah. long you you be you and and you be happy but you're coming from a place of like you're if everybody approached it like that we'd be fine we wouldn't even need to have these conversations exactly but that's because you're a good person who just wants people to be happy and they're you know i think there are I, still I do, people learning i do wonder though how many there's a lot of good people and there's a lot of bad people right you put a hundred people in a room, how many of them are going to be dickheads? I'd probably say there's going to be more good people than bad people in that hundred people. I totally agree. So, I, and I actually don't even think it's a, it's good or bad. I think it's just a matter of like education. 
Yeah. 100%. Um, and I think it's like less worrying about what other people, other people's lives and more so worrying about our, our own lives and how we yeah. can better our, because if we all better our own lives, everyone's life gets better. Totally. Everyone. You have to, yes. Yeah. But I think I mean, it's a multi multi approach, you know, to this, totally. to this issue. But I think what's happening at this moment in time is everyone's looking out and everyone, not everyone, this, I'm massively generalizing here. <laughs> so <laughs> totally. don't take my words literally, but a lot of, a lot of, people are looking out and looking at what everyone else is doing wrong and right. and not <clears throat> sitting down and going sort of policing yeah yeah not sitting down and going you know what like this is what i need to work on and totally and for me to work on this i need to shut out this and i need to shut out this and i need to focus here rather than totally. focusing on the things that fucking like i'm sorry but the like this is hilarious cuz like the oprah um, what was it? Oprah, Prince Harry, and Meghan Markle uh, interview. Oh, I just heard about this. Yeah. Yeah. They, so, okay. Like, it's not really a big thing in the UK, but America is just like taking it to like another level. Yeah. And it's just like, guys, just chill the fuck out. Yeah. Okay, so I will <laughs> say though, to- <laughs> totally. I will say that one thing that I thought was really cool about what happened this year, which was in May, May slash June with the Black Lives Matter movement is that for the first time, I actually felt like white America was actually looking inward. Like my, I remember my parents calling me and being like, we just had a dinner party with some of our other friends, socially distanced, and um, some of our other, you know, 65 year old white friends mm. who, are, who are having for the first time asking themselves, okay, how have I contributed to this? How has mm. my passiveness contributed? How's my like lack of, obviously I'm not a racist, but am I being an anti-racist? Like, am I using my power to to yeah. move the needle? And like, it's it was so cool to see that I actually feel like we were finally putting it on ourselves to make change and like putting it on ourselves to look inward. Yeah. And, and how, you know, how many white people are buying all the, all the books to educate themselves. And like, I just, it was really cool to see there was like self, uh, you know, people are putting the onus on themselves. And that was, I was, that just really put me up. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it goes back to what you just said, education. I think we all need it's, to educate ourselves. It's just, that but, it, but I think, I think obviously it's hard to listen to education or take an education when you're being told what to do. When it's, when, yeah, when it's approaching you in a way, like yeah. I know that that is, that's, I mean, literally, couples therapy 101. It's like, that's not how you want, it's yeah. not how you get your partner to listen to you. It's not how you get the world, you know. And I, again, I think the pendulum has swung, we're figuring it out, but I, I think at least we're having the conversations to try and figure it out. And like, that's all we can do right now. Yeah, I, I think all the, in history, these conversations have happened in different subjects or in the same subjects, right? They've they've happened and yeah. now it's time to like keep having those conversations and keep the pendulum's going to swing massively one way. And every, a lot of people are going to feel like this is ridiculous, but in the grand scheme of things, it will, it will balance out. It's a yes. Well, snap. It will. <laughs> it will. <laughs> just, just hide on, hide under a rock for a little bit before, before. <laughs> Okay, I want to I want to ask you something that's like a sharp left in this conversation, but 
What is the genre of music you make? What do you call it? Like I'm listening to like I'm listening to like you know my church. I mean I play my church in like probably every set ever. Thank um, you. Like what is that? What do you what do you call that? I don't know. I I really like. That's a great answer. Yeah, That's because because okay. I think like for me, for me genre like I get asked this a lot, and it's like what is your genre now? Yeah. And I'm like. And th again, this is a cliche as fuck. So just prepare, <laughs> buckle in for it because it's going to be a good one. <laughs> but up. I just, I want to just write good music. And yeah. uh, like that is where everyone else can put um, their genres onto whatever. Um, because yeah, it, it really doesn't, good. it really doesn't bother me because I think at this moment in time, well, not just this moment in time, like Tech House has had like a rough ride like over the last like year. Yes. It's, it's, talk, can, what, talk to me about that. Well, I think every, every genre gets it, right? So somebody absolutely does an amazing record in that genre and it goes massive and then everyone just copies, right? So, so you have... Let's just say fish, losing it, fish, right? Uh, so, yeah. like, great, great record. It, it's done amazing things for house music. It's done amazing things for his career. It's done amazing things for a lot of people's careers. Um, it's brought a lot of people into the industry that would never have been in the industry, okay? Yeah. And I would say more so in America than the UK. It's huge in the UK, but it, it brought a lot more people in america to house music right and i think that's great we don't need another five hundred thousand records that sound exactly the same because they're not <laughs> going to be as good Simple. so i'm worried about the next i'm worried about this for piano house no i i think i think the thing with piano house you're not trying to copy anyone right i was listening to your music earlier you're not <laughs> you're not trying to copy anyone Piano House has been around since the early days of Chicago. That's, right? what, I'm that's what I'm hoping. And like, it's such a classic that may, I'm just, I'm, I am, I saw what happened with it. Cause like, I remember the first time I heard like a tech house record and I yeah. was like, Ooh, this makes me feel so cool and awesome. <laughs> and, and then after I listened to like, you know, maybe like 45 minutes of it, I'm like, okay, I'm ready for a change up. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's just me personally. And I'm like, is just, just with like how I felt like the pressure to play this kind of music. And like, maybe there's like some pushback personally, internally for me with that. But I'm wondering if like this this is like like you said, this is gonna keep happening, right? Like what is the next I a techno is going through it at this moment in time. Like every oh, whoa. Everyone's everyone's like a techno producer. Um and that's no disrespect to techno producers, but everyone can everyone can write a record that has a massive kick drum and no soul. <laughs> like everyone can. Like my fucking grand can. Like it's easy. Because especially with splice, it you can get yeah. a loop and you can, yeah. that's what a lot of people are doing. And there's no disrespect to that. It's just not for me. And I, I'm happy people are doing that. Like, cause it makes them happy. Um, but like piano house, like let's go back to like Marshall Jefferson, like got to have, have house music. Like that record is a piano house record. Right. And Ugh. it's or Paul Johnson, like get down. Like piano, proper piano house rack, proper house, like soulful house music, MK, burning, 
like MK Always, like all these records. Uh, yeah, MK Always. You know what I've been doing is I've been listening to a ton of that old Chicago House stuff, Marshall Jefferson, the, you know, Frankie Knuckles, mm. and I'm trying to like make, I'm trying to put dirt on my tracks like i want them to sound which is i know like i'm trying to like find the old synths they or like keyboards i guess they use and and i got my hands on one of them and like tried to make every single track with that Mm. keyboard to you know and like and it was such a fun process yeah and i felt like you know what this is classic and this i think this will always be here you know there'll always be a lane for this i think it's really interesting this because we we everyone does this in music especially dance music but Every, a lot of people refer back to look backwards yeah rather than looking forward and i think it happens in a lot of music it happens in rock it happens in everything and i think because there was pioneers at that time that we can a lot of us can remember or our parents remember so we kind of got bought up on something like at this moment in time like breakbeat and ravey kind of stuff is like so overdone like so overdone like everyone's fucking got a baby but and this goes back to what we're talking about bicep okay everyone was doing breakbeat biceps always done breakbeat okay they've always done their like breakbeaty kind of yeah old school ravey stuff but the thing with bicep they do it in their own way that they're not copying this precisely they're doing their own thing this is the thing this is why i think it's so important this is why i like i literally tried to recreate an old record is because in the i'm never i'm i'm like not that good of a producer so in my attempt to recreate exactly but only using the tools that i have today which are current you know Mm. plugins and like software and whatever i'm never going to sound like it exactly i'm I'm hoping that i'm going to learn something along the way and then whatever that thing that i learned i have to then put that into my process but yeah. make it, but make it my process. You know, like totally. that's, I feel like that's been like okay. So in studying jazz, we mm-hmm. always had to do um, transcriptions. Like yeah. I would have to go and transcribe Oscar Peterson or whatever. Yeah. And obviously, I'm never like just to study. Like oh, interesting. He put this like you know this triad over this chord like when he was improvising. That's uh, you know and kind of like study it. Mm-hmm. And then when you sit down to play, you're obviously not going to do that exactly. But hopefully, like it it somewhere subconsciously in my mind, so that as I'm doing what I would n- naturally do, I'm sort of learning from the greats and incorporating that and so part of my practice is to literally try to recreate a song mm. that i that i loved you know from back in the day to understand i guess it's like my way of trying to understand the music i'm making now i think it's a really good way and i think the thing is is back then they only had like a small amount of gear to make it on because it was all like hardware and it was all expensive as fuck which is one of the things is that's one of the takeaways i'm having mm. is like i have all these damn plugins and so sometimes i literally am like i open a session i'm like whoa it's like the the amount of time it takes me to pick one of these things it's like okay well what if i literally just had two keyboards he's like really like you know the yamaha shitty yeah 1980s keyboards and i had to make something with it first of all i think the flow would be a little bit easier it would probably be more fun and I just feel like less is more. Like that's what I'm trying to. That's what I think I'm learning from these from this practice right now. It's a re- it is a really good um, kind of like exercise to do because it is so good, and that is what I would kind <laughs> of advise anyone that's like you're far from starting out, but like kind of. No, I am. Oh, I no, am. I don't think you are. Like. If you're starting out, then everyone starting out she would not be as successful as you are right now. <laughs> um, I have a question. I have a question. Okay. And this is like, I've been studying my church. How, 
I love this podcast. This is like actually secretly just my opportunity to ask you production questions. <laughs> How in the world did you make it sound as driving as it like I I'll put that like I, I have all these um I actually got my hands on all these insane stems from my friend was at the studio and ended up with like, you know, stems from like Jimi Hendrix and Stevie Nicks and Grateful Dead and like crazy ass shit. Mm. So like, I've been like warping these stems and like kind of like trying to loop them and like make a build with them. Yeah. And the only song that I can play right after that, like intense build up moment so far is my church because it just like, it just like gets you there. Like what makes it so driving? I think I think it's in the mix down. Like if I sent you the prod, do you what do you write in? Ableton. Ugh, Ableton. What do you write? What do you write in? You Lo don't write in Ableton? No, I write in Logic. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this is actually blowing my mind. No, you do not. I swear on my mum's life. Ask Mika. Mika hates that I write in Logic. I was gonna say I figured you did Ableton because I know Mika writes it. What? Wait, why? Why? Mika's born dirty for anyone that's listening, by the way. Um, <laughs> that's a good point. Um, I, because I started on, I guess I started the very first thing was EJ, which was terrible, but great. Um, Never even heard of it. EJ is like a thing that you get on a cereal box when you're a kid and it's just got like a load of loops and you just like think you're an amazing producer. That was like when I was like 12 though. But, um, and then I started on Reason and then I kind of went to Cubase and then I went to college, which college isn't college in the UK. It, it, college is 16 to 18 in the UK. Um, oh, whoa. Yeah. And we kind of were learning on logic there. So it's so funny because I thought you meant college was like the name of a DAW system. Oh. I'm like, whoa, I've truly never heard of college. <laughs> What if we start that right now? College, um, college door. Um, yeah. So, okay, so okay. So tell me, it's it's in the mix down? No, it can't be in the mix down. There's something else. There's a big kick drum, and there's like a proper rumbling bass line, and the, and the chords. The rumbling bass line is like, what'd you make that with? It's just a sine wave. <laughs> really? Yeah. That that project is simple as fuck. Like really, maybe that's my issue. Like really, really, like probably like ten channels. He no. Shall I pull it up? Wait. Yes. Have a look. <laughs> this is also while you're pulling it up for the listeners at home. When the f are you and Born Dirty gonna do a collab? Like, We've done a collab. Oh, you did? Yeah, years ago. What What is it called? <sighs> This is probably before I even knew what dance music was. I was just like playing jazz probably. music in my apartment. You were just like waiting for Latney to drop acid. <laughs> <laughs> um, when did I write? I think this was 2019. Oh, um, we have. We, we released one on Dirty Bird. Um, and we released... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to heart these on my Spotify so that I can listen to them on my run. Me and Mika, like, oh my God, why can't I find this project? I just want to, can I shout out both of you right now? Because <laughs> actually, as we were talking, I just had like, I had an idea. Allyship is actually the most important, like, not the most, it's one of the most important things. You what, in, sorry? Like, allyship. Okay. If for like the movement that I, I'm trying to, the fem house, like the stuff that I'm trying to do with empowering women in this space, like it, 
allyship is so important to me in this. Mm-hmm. And you and Mika, born dirty, mm-hmm. are two awesome allies. And I don't even know if you know that, but like that probably makes you even more awesome. You just like naturally are a good person. But it's just um I just want to tell you that. Thank you. No, I I think for me, I'm I I really like my computer might crash. <laughs> if it does, I'll call you back. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Scanning you. Oh, logic is killing my, it's kicking my ass. Oh, Maybe you should move over to Ableton. That's No, I mean, I'm not moving over to Ableton. Wait, I, you know what I started in though? I started in Pro Tools, which is even Ooh, funnier. That's tough, yeah, Pro brutal. Tools, to it's write music brutal. in. I was, I was, I started, I was in a band, like a live, we were, mm, okay. you know, live bands yeah. so I was recording vocals and everybody was like, this is the standard, you know? But we were making electronic music, and the first time I finally was like, "Oh, this is." It's really hard. I just, yeah, yeah. I I learned Pro Tools when I was at college, and yeah, it's really tough. Because man, I wish that I had. You got to study this in college. Wow. When I went to college, which is obviously later than you, I we had a assist like a sister program to the jazz program that was mm-hmm. like electronic, like people experimenting electronic music, like more like nerdier, yeah. you know whatever but i was like i want nothing to do with that like that isn't real music i i can't believe how stupid and closed off i was and i just want (laughs) to kick myself for that like if i had just you know whatever ah well yeah but you get there i'm just going to close this curtain in the back because it's kind of sunny out for once ever one sec one sec (laughs) i could say anything right now there we go Right, I'm just going to quickly share this screen with you. Okay. Um, this is awesome. By the way, I have to go in like five minutes because I have a... This is actually kind of cool. I'm meeting with this Amy, this company that is like... It's an AI company making oh, cool. music. Yeah, so oh, I'm gonna like, I get oh. to like train my own AI. I don't like that. You know, it's like... You know, that, okay, Amy can fuck so off. <laughs> to like the people who didn't like electric guitars you know like it, it no it's i get the it. future i don't know wait the, so this is the this is can you see we, we could we could we could have another podcast just on this on amy i can't wait wait this is wild so yeah that's vinyl crackle. like don't don't worry wait. about these down here but you've got okay anybody that's listening to this i'm really <laughs> sorry I've just opened up the project for okay, my I'm church. I'm really sorry, but this is honestly one of the coolest things ever happened. It's like one of my favorite tracks, and I'm literally talking to the producer, and he's showing me his session. Are you kidding me right now? But, like, yeah. what is my life? How many How many tracks am I actually using? Like, 23. Yeah. Holy shit. This is also the most well-organized session ever. This this can, my life. Okay. I have and, OCD. Uh, that, can you solo the bass? Or am I asking too much right now? Yeah, sure. Can I hear it? Will I be able to hear it? No, I can't hear. You're going to have to... Never mind. Uh, it's like a complicated yeah. system. But yeah. this is... But the bass is literally like one note, I think. Two notes. There you go. Oh, you guys, I'm literally... <laughs> this is so cool. This is, this is so cool. The kick's pretty big, <laughs> I think. Dude. Yeah. yeah, the kick's pretty big. Whoa. So, but yeah, that's See, that's that. 
so I just like there's something about the combination of the hats and the kick and the bass that just that just make it you can literally it's it's what I pull out when I'm like okay at that gig when I was like uh this is like kind of weird and like I have to like hit them hard mm. this is, I obviously played that thanks no, hey, I for me I don't like I like to just keep things as simple as possible Mo if you listen to most of my records they're all really simple um but it's just about finding that like go listen to that like Marshall Jefferson like house music like it's so fucking simple it's so and it truly is for me that like after you know 20 years of like working and not like to mm. intellectualize and be like complicated and like <laughs> being simple and still sounding good is so much harder you can play that record though right yeah on the keys just go and make it I know I kind of actually be kind of that would be sick to cover that do it <laughs> before we go because I know you've got to go um quickly talk about femme house Okay, Fem House. It, thank you for letting me plug this. It is my five hundred one c three that teaches women how to produce music. So we have free workshops every month. The oh, next dang. one is on March nineteenth. I don't know when this comes out, but um, and it, they're all in Ableton. We, that's the doll we use, and <sighs> they've actually been awesome and supportive. I know, uh, and <laughs> unfortunately, and um, I mean they've been they've been crazy supportive about like trying Amazing. to. They're giving out free licenses to all the people who take the the workshops. Of course, um, it's really cool. Well, and give it to me for then free. we also have online courses, which are like a little bit more in depth. Yeah. Um, they're uh, sliding scale, free for women of color, um, and they sort of take the workshop topics and go more in depth. And then we also like we do a bunch of we you know we book we're doing a Desert Hearts takeover cool. um, in May. We just did an Insomniac takeover. Now we got to shoot in LA, like at in a. Uh, at exchange studio. like yeah. it was the first time i heard tracks on speakers in a year it was fucking wild and i also like i played some of my own tracks that i haven't listened to in real speakers i was That's like oh yeah. ooh, these <laughs> need some tweaking <laughs> um but uh yeah so it's just a platform to um showcase and highlight female talent and then also an educational uh component to try to to try to change that feedback cycle that right yeah. now is um i think that you know the education piece is is a big is a big component of that well if i can help at all let me know i'd love to help. so this is what i'm saying like it is so that's so cool to me the support of successful awesome humans like you in this space you know saying like this is cool and this is needed is I, I can't even tell you what it does for the whole community it's it's uh like i could cry thinking about it and yeah i think thank you. i think the thing is with talking about female house and female people or female people females in house music i've just people, i've just been cancelled in, in <laughs> female people um is like it's just a, a massive lack of females writing music in yeah. house music and i don't know whether that's i think there's lots of different factors why that is um but i, I there needs to be more people doing it but it has to be good and i and i think this is the thing is like we live i'm all for supporting anyone that's fucking good totally that which is like if we could all get to that place god so i can't wait for that yeah. and it, it kind of for me it comes back to that four four minute mile 
if you can't see yourself, it's hard to believe you can do it. Mm. And so therefore you're, it's harder to sit in the studio and put in the work. Are there people that have done that anyways? Absolutely. But I think that, you know, our mission is to sort of normalize that. Like if you go to a festival and you see yourself on stage, you think like, yeah, okay, I can do this. Mm -hmm. It's mostly it's subconscious, you know, and then you're going to go in the studio and you're probably going to be really bad at first. And then you're, but you're, you have an image of like being able to visually represent yourself and Mm. that image sort of helps propel the work that it actually takes um yeah i th- i also think part of that is like really thinking about it and being truly honest like society if a guy turns around and says i want to be a dj it's kind of like okay cool do it if a girl turns around and says i want to be a dj or i want to be a producer it's like you sure it's like question and it's so true and i i've not really thought about that until like literally now because it's not something <laughs> i actually think of like because i'm totally. like fucking do it like totally. i'm working with a bunch of i will work with as many females as possible but like at this moment in time, i'm working with somebody on like the her artist development and it's so strange because society just doesn't think it's normal but it, there's no reason why it shouldn't be <laughs> totally totally absolutely and like i was raised by you know hippie parent truly hippie yeah. parents who were like you can be anything and you can do anything but it wasn't until i read i was reading it i was in this band uh actually this like daft arts team i was like mm. you know playing with synthesizers from the daft punk pyramid tour like crazy mm. shit and we were in the studio with dudes who and i had the best experience with them they were yeah. the most awesome humans um but i was reading an article that grimes had uh that Grimes had just written about how Mm. she produced her last record. And I literally went, holy shit, she's the producer of her her music. And then I went, wait, could I be the producer of this band? And then I went, because here's the thing, like having more female producers that can like revolutionize the world, I don't know. But what it did for me was it made me expand my concept of myself. Like what else do I not think I can be? Because I just never even really occurred to me. Yeah. And then I, and then I went through this weird thing when I started stepping into the role of producer, I started like, this is, and I'm still trying to figure this out and analyze this. I started dressing like a dude because I wanted, I like, I found that like in order, if I like, you know, was going on tour with another DJ or like, you know, mixing into another DJ, like in order to be taken seriously, like maybe even like subconsciously for myself, I felt like I had to like, sort of like look like them. And that was, a, I'm still like working that out. Like, you don't have to look like anybody, just be yourself, you know? But I definitely, ha- I went through a weird, like, cause you know, like there's like the nervos of the world who are like, are wearing a bra on stage and who are, and like, I subconsciously was like, oh, they probably don't make their own music, which is horrible and like very sexist of me. Yeah, but and- th- that's the thing. The thing is, I think it's so, it's not, it's normal, but it's not right to think like that. Totally. Right? I know, and, totally. and I think and I, I've, I've had to check myself yeah, several times. Totally. And, and I think it's totally fine. Do you, the weird thing is I actually think about that with guys as well. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's this, God, this conversation is so enlightening for me. Whoa. Because, and see my, I mean, I'm a part of the society, right? And I, I've never questioned that for a guy. Yeah, I, I do all the time, but I don't, it doesn't bother me. The, the, the <laughs> thing for me, somebody writing that your music for them doesn't, for me doesn't make you a worse or better artist and i think in our in especially in dance music it it puts we there's been a kind of a divide where 
you have to do everything. And that's just not how music is. Simple. Okay, I had the most awesome conversation with, okay, Steph LaFera. Uh, she's at, she's our little empire, but mm -hmm. then she's now yeah. at WME. She's actually a partner at WME now. She's such a boss. And she said to me, you know what I think is hurting women the most in dance space? And I was like, so curious to hear this because <laughs> I've been trying to figure it out. <laughs> and she's like, I think that women think they have to do everything in order yeah. to be taken seriously. And like none of the, like, you know, the, the, the biggest DJs I've worked with in my career, like they have, you know, other people doing their mixes and other people, whatever, mm -hmm. like you do, you figure out what you're really good at, do mm -hmm. that. And like, it's okay to collaborate. Totally. And I was like, oh, I wonder if that is a, the, the that thing, was really interesting to me. I totally agree with her. The thing, the thing that the issue is, is you have a fan base that, or not you, but there's a fan base, right. That will, automatically say that you don't write your, your own music. So yeah. that means you're not yeah. a real artist. Fuck those people. <laughs> you're going to just get people like that. Like there's, there's dickheads and there's non dickheads. There's more people. <laughs> like what we were talking about. Yeah. There's more people that says that say, and this might be a bit con not controversial but might be be a bit disrespectful for me for me to say this but i don't really care i truly believe in it is that being a female i'm not a female so i can't speak for the females right so i've got to put that as a as a thing but being a female in this industry you're gonna have dudes that want to fuck you simple yeah. that is life <laughs> but let's be honest <laughs> let's be honest you're a female dudes want to fuck you anyway simple i'm sorry that is that is how dudes are. And obviously I want everyone to be respectful, but that is how it is, right? Yeah, yeah. You, right. Women will have much more of a sex appeal to men, okay? And also being a female in this industry, you do actually have an advantage to a certain extent, if yeah, you know I what I mean. Yeah, I believe that too. Like there's, there are, especially now, which is great, promoted, more promoters are booking more female lineups which yep. is great. There's actually a lot less women in there. So if you're a female in this art, in this industry, you are fucking on a win. You're on That's a proper I win. Say. I, I like to like, whenever I teach a course, I'm like, this is like, get in there, get, start making exactly. music, get out there. <laughs> exactly. And the thing is, there's going to be so many negatives. Okay. Yeah. Being yeah. a female in this industry, but there's also totally. so many negatives being, a, being a male in this industry. There's, yeah. there's, there's negatives in every walk of life. The negatives actually make you a stronger human being. And I think we all have to realize is that there's there's some negatives that aren't right that we all have to kind of push against. We all have to, if you know what I mean. But we all have to accept that those negatives actually make us better human beings because we learn how to deal with them. And I think I think that's really well put. And I think as an artist like one of the most important things that we can do is learn how to, we have to, it's, it's fucking hard. It's fucking mm. hard. I mean, it's awesome. And it's amazing. We're so lucky, but it's also really hard. It takes mm. a ton of work. Touring is really intense. Yeah. It's all the things. And so I have had to work really hard to try to get all the good and the bad. I have to mm. both the good and the bad things. I need to figure out a way to have those fuel me, mm -hmm. you know, just the, the way that the positive, awesome dance floor experiences feel me like, 
the negative shit that I have to overcome mm-hmm. being a woman or just being a human in this industry, like also have to figure out how to, yeah. you know, make that fuel me. And I think that's a really exciting task and one that's really important. And, um, and like, even like going back to like, I, I started dressing like a dude because like, I wanted them to see me as like a peer and not somebody to fuck, you know? Yeah. And that's, uh, uh, that started hurt. Like that's not creatively. Who I, I also want to like dress like a woman sometimes, you, you know, and I need to like overcome that and like, let that fuel me to like, you know what, maybe you want to fuck me. And I'm still going to get behind these decks. So it's like figuring out a way to just work through all of it. Yeah. And I think that we all have things to work through, you know, I totally, I think I, I 100% agree. I, I think you just got to be yourself. And I think that f- from friend, female friends that are producers that I know, I don't want to name names cause I know they struggle with it, but when, people say that they don't write their records and some of them don't just fucking own it you don't have to just be yourself and you don't have to be the most perfect producer in the world some of the biggest artists in the world if i could name a list right now that like i had somebody on the podcast reset robot was on the podcast he writes so much music for so many big techno acts and no one knows I know that's the part that is like, uh, that is so, if I work with somebody, I'm definitely going to give them credit and I'm definitely going to let, and also I actually think as my, my role in Femme House, you know, is to be like, it's okay to collaborate. Hey, while you're learning and while you're like, yes, do you need to get in the studio and grind? Yes. Do you need to open up Ableton every day and like, you know, work through it? Yes. Do you need to, but like also if you can work with somebody who's better than you at something, absolutely go do it. Learn from them, you know, make your record the best it can be like work on your ideas. Mm -hmm. Yes. No, I, I yeah. totally agree. I totally agree. I think, I think it's just, it, it's just accepting who you are and not yeah. trying to like wear rose colored glasses <laughs> and <laughs> yes. smoke and mirrors. It's just like, is that the takeaway from this podcast? I think so. Accept who you are from Will and LP. <laughs> LP Gobby. LP <laughs> Gobby. Oh God, people are going to think that's my name now. <laughs> Oh, right. I really, I just, I just really want to just like, just wrap up real quick here yeah. and say thank you for like the first DM I got from you. Um, I like ran inside and I told my partner, I'm like, this is, I've looked up to you and I've respected you since I first saw that set that changed that kind of like sort of changed my life and blew my mind. So to be on this podcast right here is actually fucking insane to me. Ah, uh, no, thank you so much. I, I, I kind of heard from you from Mika um and i kind of and that's maybe eight months ago i think i kind of like started like love him and i was just like i've always been checking what you do and i I really like what you do i really like who you are as a person and kind of your persona online is so important (laughs) it's so important to have people (laughs) like you and and i feel the exact same way and the thing is i think like you're not just trying to do you you're trying to help other people and that's so important so just keep that shit up um (laughs) how can people follow you um at l-p-g-i-o-b-b-i which is (laughs) g-o-b um and how can people get involved in the femme house kind of movement yes femme house all the handles are at this is femme house f-e-m-m-e-h-o-u-s-e our website is this is femhouse.com you can sign up for any of the workshops um we're going to be starting a masterclass series which i will definitely be hitting you up for will yeah. <laughs> um and 
yeah, it's, it's, it's a safe space, awesome community. Uh, women are trading tracks and getting notes from each other. And it's just, it's really fucking cool to watch it. Dope. I love it. Keep safe. And I'll see you soon. Thank you. I adore you. Thank you. Big love. Stay on. Stay on. One sec. Okay. I just need to hit pause. I know you got to go. And that is a wrap. I hope you enjoyed it. I absolutely loved it. I'm feeling good. I hope that got your week or started the week nicely for you. Uh, make the most of it. Have the best week doing whatever you do. Keep safe. Um, give us a little review if you want. And see you next time. Big love. <laughs>